Welcome to Uncommon Sense. I'm your host, Jill Gleba, and we're talking to inspirational, common, and imperfect people just trying their best and trying to gain some uncommon sense. Buying your first home with no experience and no mentor is stressful and emotional. Lindsay takes us through her adventure of mishaps so that we can learn from her mistakes. Hiring the right realtor, inspector, and other professionals is key. When things go wrong, it's important to obtain outside advice and go with your gut instead of worrying about what others think. It's your money, so do what is in your best interest. I have an interesting guest today that will be very helpful to a lot of people. So Lindsay Madison, who's a yoga teacher, she owns Visions Incorporated, and she specializes in people that hate yoga, (laughs) which is funny. Thank you for being my guest, and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Your experiences have been very difficult for you, right? Yeah, definitely. And this is the first home you've ever bought? Yes. Okay, so you're looking around for a home. How did you find your realtor? Is it somebody you knew? Yeah, so I found my realtor through a networking group and I chose her because she was a friend of mine and I felt like I owed her my business, which I would say was my first mistake. I would recommend folks do their research on realtors and this is not anything negative about that particular person, um, but some people just work better together And some people are better as friends. And I think that had I known then what I know now, I would have asked more questions and probably vetted a few more realtors to find someone who would work well with me. That's great advice, actually. Anybody hiring construction, realtors, anything, you should at least interview two, three people especially because you don't know what you don't know. So by interviewing different people, you see different styles and how good someone might be, right? Yeah. And I think too, for her, and you know, I can't really speak for her, but my hunch is that she would have known that I would not have been a good client for her based on you know her working style. So on both ends, it would have been better had we taken the time to really decide if this was a good fit um, rather than just being a convenient fit. I got you. So you picked her based on that you knew her, which isn't the most horrible thing, but the lesson is learned to vet people. Yeah, definitely. So you pick your realtor, you're looking around for homes. Mm-hmm. You found one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then uh, the nightmare began. <laughs> no, um, I want to say this just right up top. It's now been over a year since we moved in. And dear listener, the story has a happy ending. I am not homeless. I am not living in a dilapidated home. But I'm fortunate because I had access to a large chunk of money that allowed me to avoid some really negative consequences based on some misleading information I was given and and the whole process. So to cut to the end, it does have a happy ending, but there's quite a journey to get us here. Yeah, but we can learn from this. Yeah. So I appreciate this. So 
I want to back up and just say that while I was in my house hunting process, um, I was in a pretty emotional place um, just with, you know, personal stuff that was going on and everything like that. And I didn't need to move, but I wanted to like get it done, right? I wanted to like check it off my list. I'm very type A. Um, and I think another blunder I made was not taking the time. And the industry will push you and try to hurry you along because everybody's trying to get you to that closing table. So as a home buyer, um, and especially as a first time home buyer, you really have to be strong enough to say, hey, wait, slow down. I need more time. I need to think about this. So if I can encourage anybody who is in that process, just take some time. It's okay to say I need to sleep on it. If your realtor says you'll lose the house, well, you know what? There will be another house. Yep. So allow yourself the time that you need um, before committing because it's a really big commitment. Oh, it's huge. And I'll tell you, when we bought our first home many years ago, we had a map of the metro area and we started looking around areas and then Xing off areas we just didn't want to live in and areas that we did so that we could narrow it down a little bit with our realtor. But being a first home buyer, there's a lot you don't know, right? Yeah, definitely. So I found the home. I actually, it's so funny. Yesterday, I just, you know, Google photos will sometimes pop up a memory. And so yesterday it popped up a memory of the first time I saw this house, which was June 24th of uh, last year. So uh, 2022. So it was the end of June. I had just started my um, house hunting search. And this was actually the first home that I looked at. I liked it, but I looked at a few others and I ended up making an offer on a different house first. And that house had some sewer issues. And I was pushed with that house by my realtor to just accept it. Mm. And I put my foot down and I said, absolutely not, because I knew from friends and horror stories that I'd heard about the cost of having to dig up a sewer pipe, whether it's in your front yard or you have to break up the sidewalk or the street and all the thousands of dollars that that can incur. And I thought, that's not a risk I'm willing to take. So we walked away from the first house that we put an offer on. And then I circled back to this house, the one I'm in now, the first house that I'd seen. And the seller had reduced the price. So that made me a little more interested uh, I came to look and it is a, a beautiful home. It had the space that we needed. I live with my boyfriend and our two animals, but we were purchasing the home with the intention of moving my then 95-year-old grandma. She's 97 now. There have been a couple birthdays wow. between then and now, but with the intention of moving her in with us. She is mobile. Um, she was living in a senior living independent community, but just not getting as much attention as uh, me and my family felt like she needed. And I've always been really close with my grandma. Quite honestly, I wanted the extra time to spend with her. So that was the intention in purchasing this home. It's a win-win for everybody. 
Yeah, yeah. So we ended up settling on this big, beautiful Detroit brick home. It was a former duplex that had been converted back to a single family. So kind of perfect in terms of space for us. The first floor was completely accessible to my grandma, kind of like her own apartment. We would share the kitchen, but upstairs there was a whole other living space along with several bedrooms and a bathroom. So there could really be that separation when we wanted it, but we could also you know, be together for mealtimes and all of that. Um, I had stars in my eyes, let's say, about thinking of the ways we would use the house and use the space. And my boyfriend, who had grown up with a dad who was fixing things, and thank goodness, because boy, have we used some of those skills in the last year. But my boyfriend was looking at the house in a very different way. And he did not want to buy this house because he saw all of the things that needed to be fixed. So if you don't mind, yeah. rattle off some of the major things that were wrong that you saw right at that time. Yeah, absolutely. We looked at the house. Before we made an offer, some of the objections we had to get over were living in the city, right? We were moving from the suburbs to the city. I had lived in Chicago for years before, so I was like, I'm fine living in the city. Detroit is very different than Chicago. I still love it. Um, I'm so happy that we live in the city and I love our neighborhood. But that was a you know conversation we had to have. Some of the other things in terms of repair work were the uh, fuse box was not up to code. Uh, the front porch uh, railings were not, there were none. We had to put in railings um, in order for my grandma to be able to access the home. Uh, we would need to put in a ramp or some other way that she could get in because there's steps, you know, from both doors. And that could be any home almost. Yep. There was not a fence fully around the yard. We have a dog, so we would need to install that. Okay. Big things. Yeah. All of the outlets were two-prong outlets. Um, so all of the outlets would need to be changed and you'd have to have electrical work done. Lots of electrical going on there. Okay. Yeah. So that's just initially, right? Just a couple. Yeah. Just okay. a few of the things. But we talked about it and uh, I'm very persuasive. Yeah. So we ended up deciding to go ahead and make an offer on this home. And then we had the inspection and that would be another blunder. I would say, going back to the first one I mentioned, I was working for the inspection company that we hired at the time. And I was friends with our inspectors. And I believe that they had my best interests at heart. Because of that belief, I overlooked some inexperience that may have existed. I trusted that because um, they talked a lot about how they had these warranties, right? So if there was anything that was missed during the inspection that turned out to be faulty once we moved in, the warranties would cover that. Um, once I moved in, I realized um, how difficult it is to get reimbursement for things from an insurance or a warranty company. Some of your listeners who may have dealt with insurance before know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. There's a lot of proof to be done there. Yeah. So 
not to skip ahead too much, but for example, we ended up having to replace quite a large portion of the roof because there had been some water damage in one of the closets that was missed during the inspection. My boyfriend had actually called it out, but the inspector had dismissed it. And uh, when we were getting ready to move my grandma in, redoing her closet, we noticed it, tested it. There was black mold. The roof had been leaking since we moved in. So when I reached out to the warranty company, it took quite a lot of effort on my part. I reached out to them initially in April. I just received the check uh, last week and it's October. And so I had to put out over $20,000 in repairs for the roof and the closet and mitigation for the black mold that had developed because of the water in the home. And I received a check for just under $1,800. So when you hired an inspector and your boyfriend was following him around Mm -hmm. and he noticed him missing things, that might've been the first red flag, right? Yeah. Okay. But I was like with my hands over my eyes, didn't want to listen to what my boyfriend had to say because these were my friends. I didn't want to hear anything negative about my friends. I couldn't believe it. Surely my boyfriend, who was not an inspector, was wrong. I should trust these professionals. I hear you there because normally you do trust the professional. Right. And in this case, same lesson, you didn't vet the professional. Right. Do you think, though, if you interviewed three different inspectors, do you think you would have retired them? Yeah, I think I probably would have hired them. But had I not had a personal relationship with them, and also had I not been employed by them, I probably would have argued differently, right? I would have argued from a place of power rather than from a place of, well, if you don't mind, I'd really like... I get what you're saying. Did you pay them? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... You did pay them, so you had the right to ask them to do things. Right. Okay. So you get a real estate agent, you manage to find a home. Mm-hmm. Now you have the inspection done. Maybe a few things were missed. Mm-hmm. Now you move into the home. So besides the electrical, the fence, and the outlets, it sounds like there was more to come. Yeah. So before we even moved in, there was an issue with the sewer of this home. And from the first home that I'd made an offer on, you'll remember that I was not about to tolerate a clogged sewer line. So we actually, a few days before we were supposed to close, I had told my realtor, withdraw this offer. I am not closing on this home because it could not be independently verified that the sewer had been cleaned out. You were still in the position to back out then. Correct. Yeah. So we we had done the inspection. We had provided the seller with a list of items that needed to be corrected prior to closing. They had agreed. Everybody signed off on it. That's very important. Make sure everything is in writing. So we had that in writing. They signed off on it. We went to do the re-inspection about a week before we were supposed to close and... 
Some of the things were not done that had been agreed to. One of those things was cleaning out the sewer. So they had, or the sewer line rather, they had sent us a video of somebody on their team, I'm not sure who, um, with a sewer camera. But when we, I went back with my inspectors, the inspector was not able to get his camera through. So my realtor, not wanting to lose the sale, telling me that I had first time home buyer cold feet, hired a plumber to come out. Um, so again, she hired the plumber. She had communication with them. This was not somebody that I knew or vetted or trusted. They came out and they told me that what my inspector was perceiving to be a clog in the sewer line was a drain trap. And it was designed to prevent sewer gas from coming into my home. So it was not anything that would cause backups and not anything that would cause an issue. It was perfectly normal. So that was the explanation. Of so without getting lost in the details, mm -hmm. the big picture is your realtor hired somebody instead of you hiring your own person. Correct. Okay. That's a good message. Yep. So we, um, again, believed the professional. We believed the plumber and we ended up closing. I was not happy at the closing table. I had a pit in my stomach. I knew that this didn't feel right, but I negated my own feelings because I was a first time home buyer and I just believed everything everybody was telling me rather than listening to my own gut. Well, here's the other issue. It sounds like to me that you did not have anybody to mentor you during this. Right. Except for people that would earn money from you. Correct. So that's unfortunate. And honestly, I think there's a lot of people in your position that they don't have maybe people that are educated to help them. So they're doing it on their own. And I think the lesson here is you probably should have gone with your gut, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I know that I know about myself that I am somebody who uh, deals with being a people pleaser. I like to make everybody happy. I like to be, you know, the one who does everything. I'm, I'm the eldest daughter. Um, so for all of my oldest daughters listening out there, I see you. I'm so sorry you had to raise your siblings. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's hard for me to feel like I'm letting someone down. And by backing out of this home, I felt like I would be letting down my friends who had helped me for you know, a few months looking for homes. I felt like I'd be letting down my realtor, my inspector friends. I'd spent over a thousand dollars on, you know, inspections for the first home and then the second home. And I just, I wanted this house to be right. So I forced a square peg into a round hole. And you said earlier that you just wanted to check the box and get it done. Exactly. Which isn't the right attitude. Right. There's always going to be a home to buy. Mm -hmm. Realtors will tell you that. There's always going to be a home for you. My realtor didn't. She told me this was the only one for me, but. I get it. So we closed on the home August 30th, 2022. And we moved in the following weekend over Labor Day weekend. By September 5th, 
I had noticed some water in the basement. We thought initially that it was runoff water from the furnace, but as it continued to grow, we realized that it was coming from the drains in the basement. And I immediately reached out to my realtor who uh, reached out to the sellers because my thought process was if they had hired a company to clean out the sewer, as they said, then I would reach out to that company and say, hey, you guys did a job here two weeks ago. We're already experiencing backup. Can you, you know, come and... Yeah, there's a problem. Yeah. And my realtor informed me that they didn't have a receipt for work done. When she reached out to the company that the sellers said they had used for the sewer clean out, all that company had was a canceled work order. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. (laughs) When I was selling a home... And I had a punch list of things to do. Mm-hmm. I had to send proof of all those things, either by picture, if I did it myself, or by who did it as far as a professional. I had to give receipts mm-hmm. to all of, all of my receipts to my realtor. Mm-hmm. So when you bought the house and you asked these things to be fixed, it sounds like you never got any receipts before you bought the house. No, and I honestly didn't realize that that was something I could ask for. Oh, I get it. You're being very honest and upfront mm-hmm. and you're you're actually being very generous admitting things you didn't know, mm-hmm. but that's why you're here. Yeah. Because you're going to teach other people that don't have mentors or someone to go to, maybe they'll go through it with a little bit more knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And that's my goal and my intention. I want to be really clear, especially if anybody who had anything to do with that situation happens to listen to this. My goal in sharing this story is not to trash anybody. That's why I won't be using any names. I won't share the companies, but to let people know what I didn't know and hopefully help some folks avoid um, some of the heartache and the loss of money, quite frankly, that I had. So now you have this flood. Mm -hmm. You have no receipt of any work being done. Mm -hmm. What's the choices here? So I did reach out to a lawyer, but unfortunately, lawyers are really expensive. Uh huh. So the first lawyer that I reached out to informed me that, in their words, it wasn't worth it to pursue legal action. Right, because it's costing you more than what you would get. So they're being honest. Yeah, just to deal with it. So one of the things that had been offered to me during the closing process in order to get me to the closing table was an insurance policy that was, um, so they gave me some money to pay for that I had signed up. So I was the client of the insurance policy for this like sewer line protection. And that policy, even though I had purchased it the day we closed, uh, that policy wouldn't kick in for 30 days. So I had to wait a month with literal sewage water in my basement until I could even call and use the insurance. And I wanted to use the insurance rather than calling my own plumber because my thought process was if I could get it covered by insurance, then that would be 
better than paying out of pocket. Correct. Now, having dealt with that company and their plumbers, I ended up having to go out of pocket anyway and hire my own plumbers. I canceled the insurance policy because it was quite honestly worthless. And again, it was an insurance policy that was suggested to me by the sellers. It wasn't something that I had found or vetted on my own. So we dealt with the insurance company and trying to get their plumber out for about five months before I eventually just canceled the policy and hired my own plumber who did something called a flex shaft. I learned so much about plumbing (laughs) and electrical, but they did this flex shaft thing and we have not had any problems since. So I'm so grateful for that. And you know, there are trees and roots and all kinds of things. This is not an uncommon issue that I've learned. And that's the other thing. I was so embarrassed, right? I had this big house that I was excited about that smelled like sewage water. (laughs) Horrible. And I was so embarrassed about it. And I thought that I had done something wrong. And so, you know what though? You didn't smell that when you bought the house. So the owners may not have had that issue. Oh, they did because every time we went down in the basement, the owners followed me with a mop and a bucket. Well, there's your red flag. Okay. Yeah. So they did. They did. Okay. There was a red flag that was missed there then. Okay. Um, Again, not wanting to see what was right in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the mop and bucket wouldn't have solved anything, quite honestly, because we ended up having to hire a company to come and like completely clean the basement and everything like that. So yeah, um, yeah, of course. Good news is sewer is cleaned out. The basement is cleaned. Okay. Everything is good. So now we can start. What had happened was when we moved into the home, my boyfriend and I moved in by ourselves with our animals and we were going to get ourselves settled and then move my grandma in. The goal was we closed just before Labor Day. We were going to try to get grandma in before the holidays so we could have Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything, have her here. Well, then all the sewer stuff started happening. And I'm thinking, I can't move my grandma into a house that smells like this. She's in a safe, clean place right now. Let's keep her there until the house is ready. And I mean, we were paying for it, of course, but yeah, she's in a good spot. So get the sewer cleaned out. Everything's great. Okay. It's now after the holidays, towards the middle of January. And we said, let's start getting grandma's room ready for her because we'd been dealing with everything in the basement. We hadn't wanted to put anything down there. So all of our storage and, you know, like Christmas decorations, whatever we had had in her bedroom. Yeah. Now the basement was cleaned out, clean out her bedroom, start getting it ready for her. And my boyfriend wanted to set up a little closet system for her because she's just shy of five feet, you know, making sure she could like (laughs) reach her clothes and everything. And again, this is a 90, at the time she was 96. So 96 year old woman. So we want to make this as easy as possible for her. And he went to work on the closet. I'll never forget. I was gone at work for the day and he was going to work on the closet that day. And I got a text message from him with a picture because at this time I still worked for the inspection company. And he said, 
this looks like water damage. Can you have the inspectors come and test this and make sure that, you know, everything's okay before I take the time to install this closet system? And they came out and they pulled back some of the wood and tested it. And there was black mold all over my grandma's closet. And so we, you know, took a look, kind of pulled away the water. And I called my insurance company, um, just my regular like homeowners insurance company. And they sent out a mitigation team that had to basically destroy the closet and break it down to the studs. And what was discovered was just above the closet on the second floor was a little porch area. And the sellers, rather than replacing the rotting wood in that porch, had just put good wood over bad and covered it with like a decorative sort of tarp. I gotcha. They just covered it up. There's no recourse when someone misses that, though. No. Yeah. My daughter had her house inspected. They missed a few things. I suppose that happens all the time. Yeah. Um, But whatever's missed, you're kind of stuck, right? So that was the one good thing about the warranties that the inspection company offered. I reached out to them. And again, after much back and forth, much follow-up on my part, and even a complaint to the Better Business Bureau, I finally was able to reach somebody at the warranty company that was able to issue a check. By the way, that is a good tip I want to share. If you are having trouble with a company and they are listed on the Better Business Bureau, you can file a complaint and you will typically receive a response from that company within 24 hours. Yeah. So if you're stuck in the like call center rigmarole trying to get a hold of somebody, just go to the Better Business Bureau and you'll get a hold of a decision maker a lot quicker. Yeah. They'll usually try and help you resolve the situation. So I reached out to a roofing company and construction company that I knew. And this time working with a friend was the right decision because he understood that we were under a bit of a time crunch. We were trying to get my grandma in. We had already told the independent living facility that she was going to be moving out in April. So we needed to get her moved in here by April. It was February at this point. So we had just a few months to get the closet fixed um, and her room done before she was going to be. I mean, we probably could have done an extension on the independent living, but. No, you just wanted to get it done. I get it. Yeah, we wanted to get her in. So the roofing company was able to come and fix the initial issue and repair her closet. We got her moved in. Um, But it took, you know, a long time for all of that work to be done. Her room was the priority. So that was done by April. Um, But in terms of the roofs and all of the work that had to be done to properly fix the issue rather than just kind of putting a Band-Aid on it, which is what the sellers had done, we just completed that work in September. So from February to September, we had to do that. And um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, that project was about $20,000 when all was said and done. It's a big project. Yeah, because it was the roofs, it was the closet, it was 
mold mitigation, um, all of that. Mm -hmm. So lots of costs associated. So now you've got grandma in. Mm -hmm. Is there any more issues? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, where's the wood? Knock on all the wood. Um, No. So the only other issue that we had when we moved in um, that I'll mention because we had talked a little bit about electrical. So this is a historic Detroit home. It was built in 1948. All of the outlets were two-prong. And we live in the modern world, 2023. (laughs) If you haven't noticed this, most of your plugs are three-prong. That's because most outlets now have to be grounded. um, And that helps to prevent fires, electrical fires, that sort of thing. So when we moved in, we had asked for all of the outlets to be converted to uh, three-prong grounded outlets. The sellers said they would do the outlets in the kitchen and the two bathrooms. Um, And we agreed to that. So when we moved in, after discovering all of the issues that had been hidden from us, my boyfriend said, you know what? Even though these are three-prong outlets, I'm going to take this plate off and I'm going to check and see. What the um, sellers had done is rather than grounding the outlet properly, they had uh, tricked them. Um, they had taken a copper wire and wrapped it around a screw on the inside of the plate. They, they just didn't do it properly. Right. So the inspectors, you know, they, when they tested it, it would read as the outlet had been grounded, but it didn't actually do anything safety wise. So again, so grateful that my boyfriend is handy and smart and taught himself electrical work and was able to go through all of the outlets in the home. And he saved us quite a bit of money um, being able to do all of that work himself. So here's my question. You get a punch list. People get an inspection. They get a punch list of things that need to be done. Um, Maybe they should go to the house and have the person show them that all those things have been done. Yeah. Right? Would that be the lesson? I would say that and receipts. Okay. In the uh, addendum that was signed from the punch list, um, there was very clearly stated all this work must be done by licensed professionals. None of that work was done by licensed professionals and no receipts were able to be provided when I asked for them. But I didn't ask for them until after we closed on the house. That's a great lesson, though. Yeah, they're not obligated to do anything. So you get a punch list. You ask for a professional to sign mm-hmm. off that they did the work. And then you go check the work. Yeah, and so checking the work is more than just like seeing it with your own uneducated eyes. I would have it in writing. This is the company that said they did the work and... You know, so that if something comes back, you can go to that company and say, hey, you provided me with this, saying this work had been done. It wasn't. What's up? I'll tell you, I had a lease for my office and they were building it uh, because it was unfinished. So they built it to my specs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guy took me through. He had a punch list. And this is kind of funny. I think a week goes by and I call him and I said, hey, Are you going to start fixing these punch list items? He goes, oh, could you send me a copy of the punch list? And I I started laughing. I said, 
that's your job. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll send you a copy of my punch list, but buddy, you should have been paying attention and wrote the own punch list. Mm-hmm. But here's the lesson. I did have the list. I was paying attention. It's almost like you have to be the babysitter or the advocate for yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I would say, I just want to mention this. When I was getting ready to buy, and and things might be different now or you know, whenever somebody's listening to this, but at the time in 2022, you know, we're coming off of the pandemic. Interest rates are so low and it's such a good time to buy and da 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 da, right? I didn't have, let's say, a slush fund of money to pay for inspections and appraisals and like all the things that go along with buying a home. I had the money to buy a home. I had a good down payment, but I didn't have enough for all the extra stuff. I didn't realize that there was like, you know, every, it felt like it wasn't true, but like, it felt like every week I was being asked for $300 here or $500 there or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to be spending any money on my credit cards right now because I'm trying to close on this home. And it was very tight financially. Yes. So I would advise anybody who's getting ready to buy a home to make sure they have several thousand dollars in cash available to them for those expenses so that you don't feel like you have to buy a home because you spent money on an inspection and you don't want to lose that money. Well, you make a good point. I tell people this. They'll say, oh, I've got, I'm just going to throw out numbers for an example, but they might have $20,000 saved. And then they tell the realtor, I have 20 grand to put down on a home. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Because you should have five to 10 grand just for when you move in. Yeah. Because you'll need shower curtains, waste baskets, garbage cans, a mop, or whatever. Moving trucks, all of that. Lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, moving expenses. So you make a good point there. Yeah. This was very helpful. Good. What else would you like to add? Um, I may have mentioned it, but again, because I'm a yoga teacher, I really want to drive this point home. Listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Listen to your inner wisdom. You know yourself better than anybody on this planet. Listen to yourself. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. It could be right for the person who's telling you it is, but it's not right for you. And it's so, so important to listen to that. I I just really want to encourage everybody to take their time and listen to what feels right for them. And um, if it's not right, it's not right. You can hire reputable people too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you mentioned yoga, I want to remind people how to find you. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Visionsincorporated.com. And you can do yoga with me live on Zoom several times a week. You can watch recordings. I have a whole recorded library of yoga. Some of the classes are... 15 minutes and under. So if you hate yoga, that's where I would start. Um, (laughs) Just getting the benefits like for your neck and your shoulders, because so many of us in this modern age are stressed out. If you're stressed after listening to this podcast, (laughs) go and uh, do a 15 minute deep stretch recording. And I promise you'll feel better. And 
Yeah, so you can find all of the um, information on my virtual and live classes online. You can reach out to me. Um, and if you are in the process of buying your first home and you have questions about, you know, what I mistakes I made or, you know, things I wish I would have known that, you know, you have after listening to this podcast, shoot me an email. I'm very transparent about my experience. And if I can help save somebody from having to replace a roof, <laughs> I'm happy to do that. That's very nice of you. It was very, very vulnerable to share a story and to admit that you did some things wrong. That's a big deal. I think that was very nice of you. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for giving me this opportunity. I think it's really awesome what you're doing. And I hope that people are learning all kinds of things from you because I know that I am. So thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Uncommon Sense. I'm Jill Gleba. For more stories and all the financial knowledge you wish somebody had taught you, you can find my book, Uncommon Sense, at jillgleba.com. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.